future. Today I want to talk to you about something very important. I want you to listen carefully and I want the children to listen carefully. Because I want to kind of, today's going to be a message that hopefully will really cause us to, to look on the inside. How many of you know true spirituality is born on the inside? And so today we're going to shine a little light. And if you're, if you're hesitant this morning to let God's light shine in your heart, uh, then we need to just pause right now. In fact, that may be the case. So let's do that. Let's all pause and ask God to, and, and just be, just say, Lord, we open our hearts to hear what you have to say to us. Let's do that today. Father, as we come together, we just open our hearts to hear what you have to say to us. Let your word make a big difference in our life. And Lord, let the light of God shine upon us. And Lord, let us, in fact, as David prayed, let us, Lord, see, search our hearts and see if there be any wicked way in us. Lord, cleanse us from every sin in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Today, I want to talk to you as we begin the new year. I want to talk to you about counterfeit Christianity. You know, in the culture we live in, there's a lot of counterfeits. In fact, people make a lot of money off of counterfeits. Anyone ever bought anything that was a counterfeit? Anybody ever got a Rolex watch for 25 bucks? It was a counterfeit. How about a purse? Those Louis Vuitton purses for $29.95? I can promise you that's a counterfeit. And millions and even billions of dollars are lost by the counterfeiters of this world. Nike shoes, Chanel number no. five perfume. There's so many, I just Googled a little bit, there's so many things that, that, that counterfeiters have learned. If I can make a knockoff, uh, I can make a dollar. And so counterfeiting is, is rampant, not only in America, but around the world. I've been around the world and they're everywhere. They'll sell you those Rolex. In fact, one time I bought one just for fun and it wasn't a Rolex, it was a relax watch. I looked close. It's not a Rolex, it's a relax. I thought that was funny. Uh, Anyway, so, so today we need to realize that in the culture we live in, in the, in the Christian world, there's counterfeits. And I want you to turn with me to the book of Matthew. And I want to show you something today that, that ought to alarm us and cause us to ask God to search our hearts. Matthew chapter 7. We want to begin in verse 15. Jesus is teaching. And he says this in verse 15, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing. Everyone say, that's a counterfeit. Come on, tell somebody. Just say it out loud. That's a counterfeit. He, he, he may look the part. He may sound the part. He may dress the part, but he's not the part. He's a counterfeit. And it says, but inwardly, they are ravenous wolves. See, where does counterfeiting begin? It begins on the inside. And that's, hey, I'm, I'm not going to just sit here and beat up the false prophets, uh, even though uh, that probably wouldn't hurt. We're going to look and we're going to realize that the spirit of the counterfeiter, uh, if we're not careful, can make its way into our heart. But he said, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Everyone say, we'll know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. Now, let me just stop and say, the genuine bears the real thing. The counterfeit bears the wrong thing. You get the picture. So if you've got a genuine Christianity, you will bear the good fruit. 
But if you're a counterfeit, you're going to bear the bad fruit. That's what he's saying. Every tree, verse 19, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. Now, he's warning his disciples about false prophets, but then he starts getting a little closer to home. And that's where you and I might find ourselves this morning. He says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and done many works in your name, wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. How many of you know he just described some more? No, counterfeits. He kind of got away from them and he kind of got into maybe our world a little bit because he says there's a lot of people that will come to the end of the days and they'll stand before me and they will say all the things that they have done, which by the way, it doesn't mean they did them. How many of you know some people brag about things they've never done? Because I believe if you've got the anointing of the Holy Spirit on you and you're really casting out demons and prophesying under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, you've got the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. So what I've got a feeling these people who will say this when they stand before God, they really didn't do any of these things. They were a counterfeit. Now y'all are with me. And so there's the false prophets and then there's the religious. And that's who I believe he's describing here. The religious who really have no relationship with God. They're in the middle of some religious, uh, you know, lifestyle that it really has no really validity and in some ways is in, in reality a counterfeit. Sadly, I think of Judas. Judas undoubtedly was a counterfeit. He was right there in the inner circle. But evidently, because of what we know about Judas, he was not the real deal. He was a counterfeit. Now, what is a counterfeit? It's a fraudulent imitation. It's just something that's not real. And that's what we want to get to as Christians. How many of you don't want to be an imitation, but you want to be just like him? Amen. You want to be the real deal. In fact, I remember Matthew 25. Jesus talked about the end of days when he would come and they would, people would stand before him. And he talked about the sheep and the goats. Everyone say the sheep and the goats. And the sheep and the goats grew up together. And, and how many of you know that very well could apply to the to the genuine Christian and then the counterfeit Christian who grew up together. They ate the same grass. They lived in the same neighborhood. They may have gone to the same church, but they did not know him. And Jesus said there will be those in that day who will will cry out to him and say, we've done all these things. And he will declare to them, I never knew you. You see, genuine Christianity is a relationship, not a religious order. In fact, genuine Christianity will always move you from being religious to becoming righteous and having a righteous relationship with God. It's not obeying all the rules. How many of you appreciate the fact that God's grace has liberated us from a, from a religious duty to just obey all the rules, which the Bible says we in and of ourselves cannot do? Thank God for His grace. Genuine Christianity will always move you from a false religion to a true relationship with Jesus Christ. (coughs) Pardon me. And in the last days, and how many of you know we're living in the last days? 
You may or may not realize that, but according to the, the scripture, we're living in the last days. The Bible says that uh, those who are living in the last days, and that be us, it describes uh, in Second Timothy chapter 3 uh, some insights to the last days. And I want to show you one of them. It says in verse 1 of chapter 3 in Second Timothy, but know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. Everyone say perilous times. Everybody go, ooh. Perilous times will come for men. Now, now, if this doesn't describe our culture, our modern day culture, and even many Christian, even many within what we would call a Christian culture, I don't know what does, but catch it. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slandering, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Now catch this last part. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. And he says, from such people turn away. And so in the last days, there is a counterfeit spirit, if you will, running rampant across our land that is invading our Christian culture. That as we especially begin this new year, we've got to ask ourselves, hey, am I the real deal? Do I have what really is a genuine relationship with Jesus Christ. And, you know, when you look at the counterfeits, sometimes it's hard to tell, isn't it? You look at the genuine Louis Vuitton purse and then the counterfeit, and you, at first glance you go, hmm, I, I don't know. How, how, which ones? They both look good to me. But the way you really determine the counterfeit is not just inspect the counterfeit over and over, but look to the genuine. And if you want to guard your life against a false uh, Christianity or a counterfeit Christianity that might want to invade your world. In fact, let me just say, some people are living a life that they call the, the, the Christian life. It's really not the Christian life at all. Because they're living life on their terms, living life on, on their methodologies and their ways and their means. And God is just a little bitty part of their world. How many of you know the, the real deal? He, he owns all of who we are. Amen. And so I want to this morning, just for a few moments, share with you what genuine Christianity really is. And as we go through these three simple thoughts... I want you to begin to examine yourselves. 2 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 5 says, But examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. And then he says, test yourselves. And so this morning it's a test. This morning we have to be introspective. This morning as we begin the new year, I've called you to a place where we have to look at ourselves and examine ourselves and see if we're the real deal, if we're the genuine or if there's some fraudulent spirit in our life. God wants us to be the real deal. And the first thought that I want to share with you, that genuine Christianity uh, is, it's number one, it's always tangible. Everyone say tangible. You've heard of tangible evidence. The word tangible means perceptible by touch, clear and definite and real. You see, to a lost world, a genuine Christian is very tangible. And when you interact with the lost world, they see Christ. 
on the inside of you. And it's very clear. And it's very defined. And it's very real. And that's what you and I need to look about in our own life and ask ourselves, is my Christianity tangible to a world that needs Christ? When I touch them, do they, do they sense? When I interact with them, do they sense Jesus on the inside of me? You see, in fact, the disciples, and John said this in 1 John chapter 1, verse 1. He talks about their relationship with Jesus. And, they, and he says this, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled the word of life. He's, he's talking about their relationship with Jesus. And he said, man, we heard him. We saw it with our eyes. And, I, and we've touched him. <coughs> Pardon me. And our relationship with him is very tangible. We've experienced him in our life. He's touched our life. And therefore, because he's touched our life, that life that we now have is tangible to others as well. Listen, when you genuinely meet the master and you're genuinely born again into his family, it will be tangible to a world that does not know him. Because how many of you know the Bible says we are salt and we are light? And how many of you know darkness will always know the light? In fact, let me give you three thoughts this morning about being a tangible Christian because genuine Christianity is very tangible. It's very real. It's very clear. It's very definitive. And I want to just stop and say I sense a little check in my spirit that this year, our Christianity must become more tangible than ever. It must become more real than ever before. We can't just be a good old boy anymore. We've got to be a born-again believer <clears throat> whose Christianity is not just a Sunday morning, every once in a while kind of thing, but a day-in, day-out lifestyle and relationship with Jesus Christ. <clears throat> The tangible Christianity, pardon me, <clears throat> this was unexpected. It shows up in three ways. Number one, how we live. How we live our life reveals who we are. And as I mentioned a few moments ago, Matthew 5 says we're salt and we're light. And it says we're to let our lights shine to the point that the whole world looks at us and they glorify, they glorify our Father in heaven because of the work and the way we live our life. That's very tangible. And we need to ask ourselves is how we live, does it reveal the tangible, the real relationship with Jesus Christ that we say we have? It shows up. If we've got a genuine Christianity, it's revealed in how we live. Number two, it's revealed in how we love. In fact, what does John chapter 13 say in verse 35? It's not, it says, by this, all will know, thank you. It says, by this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have what? Love. That's tangible. The world will see how we live. The world will see how we love. It says the whole world will look and they'll say, we'll, they, we know they are Christians by their love for one another. Amen. It's tangible. And number three, they'll know we're Christians 
not only by how we live and how we love, but how we look. How many of you know you got to look like one? I'm not talking about just the way you dress. I'm talking about your, really this, this bleeds over into your, how you love and how you live. And, uh, but I'm reminded in Acts chapter four when Peter and John were, were arrested for the cause of Christ and they, there was a supernatural healing and they gathered them together and it says when they saw them, when they looked at Peter and John, they saw something. And the Bible says, and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. There was some tangible evidence. So number one, genuine Christianity is tangible. And the world should be able to see it. It should be very real. It should be uh, very clear and defined and definite in our life. And the big question, now I'm going to have a big question for each of these two. Here's the big question we've got to ask ourselves. It is this, do others see the tangible evidence of Christ in us? Do my friends and family, this is where we got to open our hearts, folks. Does the world see the tangible evidence of Jesus Christ in us when they interact with us, when they cross-pollinate with us? And, and, you know, some people are so scared of the world, they won't get near the world. How many of you know we'll never win the world if we get near the world? You've got to be in the world, but not of the world. And when you get around the world, do they see Jesus in you? Is there any evidence? Everyone say, genuine Christianity is tangible. Number two, it's transformational. Our lives will be transformed. In other words, things change. That word transform means metamorphosis. It became, how many of you know what metamorphosis is? You remember the, the, the little caterpillar? What did he become? A beautiful butterfly. That's metamorphosis. There's a transformation. And the Bible says in Corinthians, Second uh, Corinthians 3, but we all with unveiled face, Beholding in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Listen carefully to me, my friend. When you and I confess Christ as our life, some things ought to change. In fact, understand this about genuine Christianity. Genuine Christianity will always transform you. If it's real, things will change. If it's not real, there's no change because there's no Holy Spirit and there's no capacity to supernaturally metamorphose your life. Genuine Christianity will always transform you. And it'll transform you in a number of ways. Let me give you three. It'll transform you in the way you think. Your thoughts will begin to change. In fact, Romans chapter 12, in fact... If you hang around here this month, you're going to hear a lot from Romans chapter 12 because our, our series, our small group series is from Romans chapter 12. We're going to have a, a very strong exegetical view of Romans 12 in the next six to eight, ten weeks. And it begins like this. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be what? transformed by the renewing of what? Your mind, the way you think. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. 
How many of you know what we think determines what we do? And so what Jesus does is come in by the power of the Holy Spirit and began to transform the way you think. And genuine Christianity will always do that. It'll change the way you think. In fact, I love the word repent. Everyone say, furrow your brow and say, repent. We have, this, we have this mindset of what repentance is and, and probably uh, our mindset is somewhat true, but the base meaning of the word repent is to change the way you think. You see, repentance and transformation begins with allowing God to change and transform our life about sin and about all those things that have bound us and kept us from being who he wants us to be. And we began to realize, hey, I used to be this, but oh, now something on the inside of me wants to be like Christ. And you began to think differently. You see, transformation begins with the way we think. And then genuine Christianity transforms the way we go might change our whole, the way we're headed in life. In fact, one, one mindset about repentance is changing the way you think and turning from this direction and going in that direction. I remember uh, Peter in Luke chapter 5 when Jesus got in his boat and, and, and Peter came in contact with the Christ. And I really believe when he jumped out of the boat and he said, my Lord and my God, he got born again. And Jesus said, you know, if you'll just, if you'll just follow me, I'll make you into a fisher of men. If you'll change the way you're going and begin to follow me, I'll transform your life. Transformation. Genuine Christianity transforms the way we think. It transforms the way we go. And genuine Christianity transforms the way we act. And I really believe we've got to look at our own life. In fact, Paul said this when he was talking to Timothy. I think it's in 2 Timothy 1. I'm not sure. Philippians 3 is partial. But I thought of 2 Timothy this morning. And he said, I was formerly a blasphemer. Now, most of us would say I was formerly lost or a sinner. Paul went right to the heart of the matter. I was a blasphemer. But now I'm a minister of the gospel. I'm, I've, it has transformed, listen, transformed the way I think and the way I go and the way I act. We've got to ask ourselves in our life when we look, here's another big question about the transformational process of God in our life, that metamorphosis in our life. The big question we've got to ask ourselves, has anything really changed in my life? Am I going through some religious motion or is my life being transformed by the power of Almighty God? Has anything really changed? And when you look back to 2013, we've got to examine ourselves and say, what has been transformed in my life? Have, have, have my thoughts been transformed more into the thoughts of Christ? Have my, the way I live my life and the way I go and the way I act, has anything changed? I see Kathy back here. The metamorphosis is still working in her, but man, I'm telling you, once she came in contact with God, gave her life to Christ, the way she lived her life began to radically change. When you give your life to Christ and you begin to follow Him, 
things will begin to change. Because the Holy Spirit, as I read just a few moments ago in 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says, But we all, with unveiled face, beholding in a mirror the glory of the Lord, we're looking at Him. We're, we've got relationship with Him. Our being transformed. Not one day we'll be. We are being. Listen, it's a process of becoming more and more like Him. If the, if the process has stopped, something has gone amiss in your walk with God. And I believe in 2014, we need to ask ourselves the hard questions. As we begin this new year, we need to ask, is any, is the, have I allowed the transformation of God in my life to be stifled by my own desires? Am I yielding my life to the counterfeit spirit, the false front? Am I playing some kind of religious game but nothing going on different on the inside of my life? You see, genuine Christianity is tangible. It's transformational. In fact, Ephesians chapter 2, he says, We were once under the domain of darkness, but now we belong, and we thank God for his grace. We belong to him. We were by nature children of wrath. But now, by grace, we're saved through faith. And that's not of ourselves. It's a gift of God. Things have begun to change in our life. Genuine Christianity is tangible. It's transformational. But number three, it's transferable. The, re- the real deal, the real McCoy of genuine Christianity. In fact, the core of Christianity, the genuine Christianity core, it, it, it requires it to always be transferable. That's the nature of Christianity. It's not just for me, myself, and I. Some people say, well, I'm just a Christian. I'm, a, I'm just a, a, a closet Christian. Did you know there's no such thing as a closet Christian? Because the nature of Christianity requires what you've been given to be given away. Do you get that part? And I tend to question Christianity that is so self-serving that it has no understanding about the real purpose of why you're born again in the first place. Genuine Christianity at its core requires it to be transferred to someone else. It's the nature of Christianity. God so loved the world that he did what? He gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe on him should not perish but have everlasting life. You, the, the nature of it all is for others to be born again, to be transformed, others to be, to experience the saving grace of God. Understand something. We were created by God to give him away to those who need him. We're created for that purpose. In fact, Ephesians 2.10 says, we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. God created you. Listen, he saved you. You're born again today because he wants you to transfer what he has given you to those who have yet to have what you have. That's why you're here. Look at your neighbor and say, that's why you're here. And we look at 2014. You know one of the good things about 2014 that I've already realized from my own life, I'm still here. And because you're still here, you have something to give away. Something to transfer from your life. 
And you know, the older I get, the more I think about the transference of, of things that I want to give, not only to my family, but to those. What do I want to accomplish? What do I want people to have? And, and I realize, man, I've been created for this. Number two, I've been called by God to transfer, to give away, and, and, to, and to impart to the world this saving grace of Jesus Christ that God has given me. Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 1, he says, we have a calling. It is our calling. It is our destiny to transfer his, his wonderful message of, of the good news. Everyone say good news. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. This is what Paul said, of whom I am chief. Genuine Christianity is always transferable. And then number three, folks, we've been commissioned to transfer this glorious good news to those who have yet to know and name the name of Christ. Those who don't know what real Christianity is all about. In fact, Matthew 28, 19 and 20 is the great what? The great commission. Go into all the world. And this was not just the great commission for the pastors or for the elders or for the deacons or for the missions board. This is for every believer. Listen, this commission is for you. It's for me. Go into all the world and make what? Disciples of Jesus Christ, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Man, we have a commission on us. In fact, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it talks about those who are in Christ. How many of you are in Christ here, here today? Say amen. It says, if you're in Christ, old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. And then he says, you are ambassadors for Christ. You've got a commission and, a, and an ambassadorship to fulfill. We are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. We ask you and we plead with you. Uh, uh, this is what he said we are to do. We go to the world and we say, hey, be reconciled to God. We're ambassadors for Christ. Genuine Christianity. By their fruits, you will know them. It will be tangible. It will be transformational. The world will look at you and say, what got into you? You're different. Yeah, things have changed. There's a new sheriff in town. And it will be transferable. That love and life God has given you You'll want to give it away. That's the nature of Christianity. Amen? And so, what do we do today? Beat ourselves up? No, we examine ourselves. Just like Paul said, examine yourselves to see if you be in the faith. Test yourselves. And just realize, hey, this 2014, I'm going to be real. I'm not going to be a fake. I'm not going to come through the door smiling and nodding and knowing that nothing has changed. I'm going to commit my life to be the real deal in 2014. How about you? And I think all of us from time to time need to examine ourselves. 
And to see if our life is in concert and harmony with what the real Christian is all about. You see, the false, it may look okay, but on the inside, there's something wrong. Let's stand together today. As we come to this moment, I'm going to ask you just to pause for a moment. And let's let the Holy Spirit begin to settle upon His Word. There's something in me, in, in me today stirring, and I feel a little unsettled that we're, we, we potentially could miss something here this morning if we're not careful. And so today we call out to you. And we ask you, Lord, to search our heart. We ask you, Lord, to see on the inside. If on the inside of us there's any spirit of falsehood or counterfeit in our hearts, search our hearts today. See if there be any wicked way in us. And cause us, Lord God, to turn to you in a whole new way. And set our course toward a genuine, real, tangible, transforming and transferable life. Through the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Father, we thank you for that today. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Let's take a little moment here. Let the Holy Spirit have his way in our lives today. Spirit of God, now just breathe upon us. Search light of God, shine upon us. Let your love encompass us today. And if you're here today, you've never really given your life to Christ. This is an opportunity to begin this new year with a genuine relationship with Jesus Christ. So if you're here today, and there's a big question mark about your eternity in your heart and you know it this would be a great moment of opportunity to let the Holy Spirit just settle upon you and you get this thing fixed in fact some of you have been playing religious games can I be honest but you know that he's not the Lord and the leader of your life So with every head bowed and every eye closed today, if you're here today and you can say, Pastor, I just don't know if I've ever really allowed Jesus Christ to be the Lord and the leader of my life. And today, on this first Sunday of 2014, I want to get that straight. I want to yield my life to His Lordship and governance in my life. And if that's you this morning, wherever you are, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand. Say, that's me, Pastor, today. I want to know for sure that Jesus Christ lives in my heart and give my life to Him. Anyone here, just lift it up. 
Secondly, if you're here today and you know you belong to Christ, but you've not been living that genuine, real, tangible lifestyle of a real Christian. And you know some things need to change and you've, you've grieved the Holy Spirit from being able to change you because you've lived life on your terms and not really on His terms. And as we begin this new year and you, something on the inside of you says, I want to get it straight. I want Him to be the Lord and the leader of my life in 2014. And I want my Christianity to be tangible, to be transformational, and to be transferable. I want to be the real deal. If that's you today, lift your hand wherever you are. I see hands going up all over this room today. We're going to pray together and we're going to ask God to give us a grace to focus our hearts on Him. Allow Him to be real in us so we can be real in the world that God has placed us in.